Want some bold predictions for 2024? How about Bitcoin to $100,000, Ethereum to $8,000, and Solana to $400, even knowing that Solana is literally experiencing an outage as we speak. I've got Tom Dunleavy, who is here to share some of his bold predictions for 2024. Some maybe not that bold, but what he thinks we're going to see this year. One of my favorite guests and analysts joining to talk about the market and what to look forward to. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and gently use your toe to dance on the like button. Remember when we used to say funny like button things every day? I thought I would uh, spontaneously bring it back, but I'm not sure that one hit. That one kind of missed in, in my own mind. Guys, I've got some bold predictions today, which we need because the market is doing absolutely nothing. Even with a Solana outage, which we're going to talk about, the price of Solana is down like 1%. I, I literally don't understand it. You would think that uh, when an entire blockchain goes down, maybe the price would be affected. But it seems maybe these Solana people are so bullish that uh, the price remains up or so few people are doing anything in this market that none of it matters at all. Let's talk about it with today's guest, Tom. How are you, man? Scott, how's it going, brother? Doing well. How you doing? Going good. It's, it's funny. I still am used to seeing Tom, Dun Tom Dunleavy, you know, like parentheses, Masari in my mind, <laughs> you know? And uh, so it's interesting to see Master Ventures Capital here, but I, I love what you guys are doing over there. But I'm assuming you're still pretty uh, heavily on top of the research based on the threads that you're doing here. For sure. Yeah, you got to be, right? The um, It's almost like going one step down in the research. Instead of being in the liquid public markets, um, you know, for folks in the audience, we do private investments. So that's Hopefully, where the trends are going. So, gotta gotta figure them out early. Gotta get in early, and um, just by chatting with startups, you kind of naturally see that, which is which is fantastic. The velocity of behind the scenes private deal flow right now feels like peak twenty twenty one, and prices aren't even up. Do you agree with that? That wasn't supposed to be the topic today, but like from all the VCs I hear about, random DMs and Telegram messages. I don't know how you even got my name. Type people who are presenting me with allocations for pre sale. I mean, it's endless. Yeah, let's yeah, let's touch on this real quick because I think it's really important. So I saw a tweet the other day from a popular uh, personality, and they were like, "Wow, what's going on with crypto VCs? Is is the environment dead?" And you saw, and you basically saw like the amount raised and the amount of deal closed in Q4 was very very low compared to history, and that's because there's a huge lag in this data. It's like six to nine months. If you talk to anyone on the private side. And the deals that we've seen, you've seen record number of deal volume, record number of you know aggregate capital deployed, and you know very much in line with 2021. Deals are closing faster at higher valuations. Like I just got a, off a, a call with a portfolio company who's trying to raise a new round, and they showed me the deck, and I was like, these valuations are would have been great like two or three months ago, but you have to double them now because like it. And, and it's because it's not only because like the market's moving, but people who have been waiting on the VC side need to deploy capital now. So if you raised a fund for $100 million and you deploy like, deployed like 20% of your capital, you have 80% left or something like that. And it's like, and these are these are actual numbers I've from, from the biggest VCs. Like, yeah. You have to deploy that before you actually start. I mean, there were billion dollar, multi-billion dollar funds from the likes of Andreessen that were raised a couple of years ago. And people don't realize, but you can't wait 20 years until the moment is right. You have to deploy. Yeah. And, and the valuations 
make it so you can only deploy so much, right? Like if you see uh, a, a company that raised <laughs> 10 to 20, 30 million dollars, you're like, whoa, that's crazy. But most of these are only raising, you know, five at most. You can, get like, you can get like 50 grand in, right? And you've got millions exactly. and millions and millions to deploy and you can get like 50 grand in. Yeah, so I, I just have been surprised at how fast it's coming in. It's extremely like overwhelming. I'm sure there's a lot of opportunity being missed, but nobody can vet all this stuff. It's impossible, right? So like for us and, and for, I think for the listeners out there, the things you want to do is have conviction on like what broad themes you really like. And then if you're going to allocate and there is opportunities to allocate on the private side more um, than I think folks realize, right? You can go to a launch pad, like a coin list or like we have on paid or others, right? And you could say, hey, I want one, $2,000 worth of allocation and just know your lane, right? You can't just be spraying and praying and everything. Like know that I, you know, really like Bitcoin L2s or something. I think there's going to be something there, like find one or two that you like and, and deploy. Cool. Let's dig into some of these narratives. We got to start with the headline first. This is, so Tom did a long thread here. Uh, it's 25 crypto, 24 crypto predictions for 2024. I still, I'm struggling so hard today. I said 25. Bitcoin 100K, ETH 8K, but both lose market share to Solana as the rally continues. Solana rises above $400, sees record high active addresses, exceeding 1 million some days. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so let's dig into this. Where do you get, uh, in general, the numbers? Then we'll dig into Solana a little deeper. So where's Bitcoin 100K come from for you? Yeah, that's probably uh, even a bit light, right? If you look at post-having numbers, I think 4X is generally what we've seen. Um, but the sample size is, I think, 4. So that's not really super yeah. predictive. I and, mean, also, yeah. and so then you get to include 2025, right? So maybe that happens six months into 2025 and not in 2024. So. Exactly. And, you know, everyone knows the themes we've beaten them to death here, sort of having ETF, soft landing on the macro side, rate cuts, blah, blah, blah. I think, you know, roughly 2x for Bitcoin is a solid base case. And then beta off that. So Ethereum has lagged Bitcoin precipitously, roughly a 3x there seems somewhat reasonable. And then, you know, again, 4x on Solana, which it's out today, but that really hasn't affected the price. And it's because... I think a lot of people actually haven't really used Solana. So I have a Solana Saga mobile phone, which is like the biggest money maker. Nice. It's like, I don't know, like hitting the lotto. Which is just fantastic. catching airdrops right now as we speak. Just they're flying in. Every day. But like, it, regardless, it's so freaking easy to use this thing. I could just go on there and it, I, I can trade like I even it's, it's easier to trade on my Solana mobile than it is to do in my Merrill Lynch account. And, and it's just like, if you use Solana, you're like, what the f- hell is going on with Ethereum. And it's only going to get better, right? Mobile is the biggest untapped use case in crypto. So if you just, and they're, they just sold out 60,000 new Solana Saga 2 phones, right? So I, I'm so bullish on Solana right now, despite some of these outages. Um, so I think that's a, a solid price target for the year. We'll, we'll see though. Yeah, I mean, it's like a, you even just mentioned right now, it doesn't need the price. I said at the beginning, like, I think price like 94 bucks or something. Let me look at Solana. Yeah, we're at 93.95. I mean, started the day at, 96, 59, <laughs> a couple percentage move at worst with a major outage, right? I mean, it's a lot of years to deploy fix as network suffers major outage. And what's crazy is like, it's been years since this happened. They had finally killed this narrative. Guys, it's been years since we've had an outage. No, right? We fixed it. Fire dancers coming. This is a big outage. Do you know why? I, I haven't dug in. Do we know why this is happening? I don't up and above. They're just pushing technology to the limits right now. And something finally broke. You know, if you're trying to get 200 millisecond, uh, you know, synchronous transactions, like it's stuff's going to happen. Um, but, you know, in terms of just the broader narrative too, like I think a really simple mental model for this is like 
all of these airdrops are happening on Solana for Jupiter and others. And Jupiter is only one fourth the way done with airdrop, by the way, they still have 30% airdrop. Um, you have this huge wealth effect. So if I just got a shit ton of like Jupiter or Bonk or something like that, like I'm probably going to keep it in the Solana ecosystem. I'm probably going to spend it. So there's going to be a ton more of those and you're just going to see that money slosh around in Solana. And once people use it, like I did, it's just like night and day of Ethereum. You're just kind of like, what, what am I doing here? What, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think my question there is, is, isn't that just, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm not, I, I, I'm not a Solana hater by any stretch. I'm actually a fan, but I mean, isn't that just fake liquidity gambling, speculation, not real use, give people a bunch of free money and the money will stick around the ecosystem. I mean, it's, I know I've had the argument. I say it's helicopter money. I'm sorry. I don't care what anyone says. Other people says they're distributing value. It's helicopter money in my mind, right? You're just literally giving people money I mean, to, to keep it in the ecosystem. But how can we judge the real usage of any blockchain if primarily it's because people are coming in for free money and to gamble? Come for the free money, stay for the actual use cases. I think this is like, so if you, so the same things that happen on Ethereum through Eigenlayer and others when they do a ton of airdrops this year, but people are going to have a fractured user experience like we've all had, and they just don't, don't understand how to use the stuff is because it's hard. You come to Solana, you're like, okay, I kind of get it. I got some free money, but oh, what's this other stuff over here? Like decentralized physical infrastructure, like, oh, what's this, you know, Helium or, you know, what's, you know, XYZ DPIN protocol that's actually launching that I could sort of actually utilize um, in my day-to-day you know, life and, and and sort of build on top of that. But it also brings in folks who are actually going to build potentially useful applications in the future. Um, and the user experience just lends to actually... It's incredible. As a, I, yeah, they as are a there. They are there-ish with UX, UI, which has obviously been the major problem for Ethereum. I almost like uh, have a coronary every time I need to bridge an asset or try to figure out one of these things that's going to go wrong. It, it is much better, uh, objectively. Agreed. Um, and I think the narrative with Ethereum will certainly circle back, like not not generally bearish on Ethereum, because I think if nothing else, it's been beaten down this cycle. I just think the the path to actual strong user experience is much longer. You've kind of heard the Ethereum researchers come out recently because there's been this whole like FUD of, oh, no, the liquidity is fractured. Like who needs another L2? Like we can't even get in between the major ones today. And they're like, oh, no, no, no it's all going to be fixed in like two or three years once we have like shared sequencers and all this like stuff they're still developing. It's like, well, people don't want to wait two or three years when we've already waited four or five years to kind of get to the point we are today. Like people just want to use this stuff and, and developers want to be able to build useful applications. So I think Solana is the closest to that. And there's others, right? Like Aptos, Sui and others on, on the private market side, we're seeing a ton of protocols that are building there as well. So I think Ethereum's either going to hurry up or, or some of these other ones are really going to steal a lot of market share quickly. Right, but the, the the at least Ethereum, I guess, would benefit from those L twos if they get any sort of like market share or, or end up being particularly successful. But I, I totally agree with you. Do you think though these people coming into Solana for airdrops and using the phone? Do you think that's any new people? That's my question. Like, is this just the same people that uh, have used to gamble in the Ethereum casino, going to find a way to gamble in the Solana casino? Because I don't think your average person on the street bought a Saga phone because they heard there were going to be airdrops. Totally agree. Still waiting for the killer use case. Still waiting for it, right? So, like, what what is that? So, I you know, I just use, I, I just think of these other applications that you could download on your phone, and that's why one of the reasons I bullish on Solana because they're actually tapping into that mobile landscape. Um, you know, these applications that uh, you know, like Sweatcoin or something, right? I just download the application, I get free tokens, and great. I don't even know I'm using it in the background. 
Um, there's other ones that you know track your location data or track your noise data. And all you do is just earn money in the background while your phone's running. And that stuff is like, okay, great. I, mom, mom and dad could like download the app if I tell them to. They don't have to worry about like bridging to any chains and stuff. And right now they're getting tokens, but in the future, a lot of these applications could provide you USDC or whatever dollars. And um, I think that's the direction we're going. And that kind of moves into the, one of the next predictions I had here is really just like chain abstraction, right? You're going to be moving to a world where you don't see things behind the scenes, right? You just interact with whatever application you would like. You uh, fulfill whatever use case that is, and great, you probably get some tokens today, but in the future, it's probably you just get some level of dollars. And you're able to seamlessly transact on chain, whether that's doing finance or, or kind of otherwise. But you know, I think we're going to move quickly away from this world where we're siloed in individual chains, which again, goes against kind of the L2-centric uh, thesis yeah. that, that, that Ethereum is pushing forward with. Yeah, there's another one I liked. Privacy protocols are front and center. At least one wallet integrates direct privacy features for sending transactions like elusive privacy. I'm not particularly aware of that specific one. There's some actually that I've looked at like DOP, uh, which is really interesting where you are basically able to send from one wallet to another and only share the information and address that you want. So basically somebody can't dig into your entire history every time you send them a transaction, which is a huge problem with uh, crypto. The debate then yeah. rages on for ZK, FHE, and MPC and which cases are best for each. I found it interesting also, like, you know, we had kind of the Solana prediction and Solana's offline and we have your privacy protocol prediction, which I agree with. And then Monero is getting delisted from Binance, right? So on the centralized side, the privacy thing is dying. Right, which I think makes your prediction even more sort of uh, you know uh, obvious. I guess that we're going to need to see the privacy protocols come to the decentralized side. Yeah, and and this is for it. It would be great if Scott Melker could send transactions without folks looking at it, but it's really about financial institutions. And Solana actually built this in their new um, SPL sort of rollout with their token frameworks that you could send anonymized dollar amounts to people. So it's like, if you want to pay your employees in USDC, you don't have to see like, you know, Tom's getting $5 for, for blabbing about crypto all day. Sure. Um, you could, so that's that's great for, for that protocol, but you know, protocols like Elusive and others are making it so I could send a transaction, you won't see my wallet, you won't see the end user's wallet, and then you won't see the amount at all. And they're building directly into uh, you know wallets like Soulflare and they're potentially a bunch of others. And if you could go in your wallet and say today I want to send money to somebody um, and just click like 0.1% more, uh, I'll pay to have that transaction anonymized. I think a lot of people would would do that. So it's great for you and me, but it's even better for institutions who need to actually have this anonymity. And if folks aren't familiar, they have this already today in traditional finance through what's called dark pools. So you send your money into, um, you know, this is run by like a big brokerage house like JP Morgan or something, and they match your transaction with somebody on the other end who wants a similar um, size transaction on whatever shares you're looking to trade. So being able to do that on-chain, anonymized, decentralized, is just like a natural next evolution of finance that we're seeing here. And there are a number of protocols that are doing it. In terms of like the underlying technology that actually makes that happen, it's all moon math to me, but like you're gonna hear like ZK proofs, you're gonna hear fully homomorphic encryption, you're gonna hear MPC. And in terms of like which one is going to win, my very layman's person uh, sort of perspective and from what I hear from smarter people than me is that ZK proofs are really, really good, but they're expensive to do on chain and they're probably a bit further away than being fast enough uh, for everyday users. So these other two technologies 
are going to kind of maybe bridge the gap. And you're going to hear these acronyms all year and a number of protocols that are kind of coming through. But the broader theme is that like privacy is coming back on chain, which is something I think is important, um, especially in the broader sort of regulatory regime we kind of see ourselves in. I was today years old when I heard FHE for the first time. So you can tell how out of the loop I am on that. And if I've never even heard of it, I would imagine it's it's a pretty uh, distant reality, but not, not necessarily true. Yeah, there's a few protocols there that are actually integrating directly with like CCIP because, you know, CCIP obviously is going to transact a ton of value for institutions from the, you know, hundreds now I think they've integrated with. And they are encrypting a lot of that data um, through FHE. So, yeah, another another grab bag uh, one to watch for in terms of acronyms for this year. Yeah. I mean, what do you make of XMR? I mean, there's a few coins here, but what do you make of XM XMR being delisted by Binance. I mean, Monero is one of the largest tokens uh, of all previous cycles, allows people to transact private, privately. Do you think this is just centralized uh, actors are going to have to get in line and just delist anything that doesn't like, I guess, get through the uh, regulatory microscope? I think the SEC is now directly part of Binance's compliance team uh, for the next few years. So I, I think anything that I think they're going to be uber conservative going forward just because they don't want to hit any more fines. They're already the market leader. So there's not really... So their their initial ethos was to push the envelope in all of these jurisdictions, like don't ask for permission, lay the, lay the groundwork and get their foot in the market and get volumes. And that's what they did, right? Now that they're at top of the heap and they have all of this scrutiny, I don't think they need to sort of mess around with. Monero is fantastic, but realistically, it's not in the mind share of the market. It doesn't have a ton of volume. Um, the, I'm assuming they just didn't want to take the risk there. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Okay, here's a good one. Bitcoin ETF, duh, did it. ETH ETF, agree it's coming. And one other altcoin ETF likely sold or launched by the end of 2024. We're drastically underestimating the flows, not only from non-crypto holders, 10% increase as noted below, but from institutional investors and 401k accounts. Wow, God. a Solana ETF. I'm going to push back and say there's literally, I would give that a zero. 0. 0.00 negative million percent chance <laughs> only only because of uh, our arguments about securities and because every time I've talked to the ETF experts of late they say that the biggest argument for anything for something even an XRP one not coming to market is because there's no futures market for them so therefore there's no regulated substantial market that they can track so just the logistics of it but man, My prediction here is is incumbent on I think two things. One, there will be a Solana futures uh, market, and I think there'll be more futures markets launched throughout the year because simply, uh, you know, these are money making entities, and if crypto is increasing in price, and the third biggest token is, you know, in excess of uh, you know billions of dollars, I think they're going to want to list that and try to list that. Um, and then Gary Gensler probably exiting at some point this year. Um, he's already overstayed his, the average SEC chair term, I think is like two point something years and he's already well over that. If there's more criticisms of him, I don't think the Biden administration really uh, you know, needs to have that headache on their hands. So I think at some point he either exits, we get Solana Futures uh, listed on the CME and then that has the same path, right? That we have for Ethan kind of BTC that we're going down. But there also could be others here. There's wild cards, right? Like think about like Polkadot or something that is not that wasn't listed there. That's a quote unquote commodity. In, in yeah. Their eyes. There, there could be others that could be listed. Um, maybe not Solana, but I think Solana because the market cap. There's a lot of people who think it'll be XRP just simply because... 
you know, they have the court case that effectively has cleared them of the security designation in the minds of many people. But again, there's no futures market for XRP. So, you know, that, it's just not, I don't think that's going to happen. Here's one that's sort of pushy against the grain, I think. RWAs are still too early. That's real world assets, guys, obviously, outside of tre- treasuries. RWAs TVL is flat. Um, I agree with you. This to me, so my view is that all the things that were too early the last two cycles we start to really see come to fruition this cycle and rwa will be one of those things that was too early this cycle that we'll see come to really fruition next cycle even though it's the big narrative it it reeks to me of DeFi summer of years ago and metaverse fall and all these things where the idea was so great but the plumbing wasn't there at all yet this is DeFi summer for boomers. This is like the most vanilla, milk toast, like boring. RWAs are bear market products, right? Like, why do I want to take the bridging risk, the smart contract risk to come on chain and earn five, six percent on in treasuries, right? My long-term mental model for this stuff is you can do everything on chain, you could off-chain and build that portfolio, equities, bonds, you know, real estate private credit, whatever, but that's like a long-term vision. In the interim, money is not going to flow to those asset classes where you're going to be able to earn a very boring incremental yield. And on the private side, you're seeing folks still try to push on the string, much less so in treasuries, because I think there are a number of protocols that are already sort of way down the line there. So Ondo Finance, M0 is another one, really big uh, protocols that have raised a ton of money and are coming to market. But private credit uh, protocols, there aren't many of them. And that's like bank lending up and above uh, a certain amount that you couldn't do with your local bank. Um, And because of regulations, there's this market in traditional finance where you have these kind of like five to $100 million loans uh, called private credit alongside private equity. Uh, And you could do that in institutional portfolio. So they're trying to bring that on chain and say like, hey, let's lend in this market to all these, um, you know, small and medium sized businesses. And you can earn, uh, you know, 10 to 15% yield, which is like, if you're in crypto, like 10 to 15% yield, you're like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, this is not, this is not sexy. So you're seeing a ton of protocols on the private side trying to raise in private credit. And I'm just like, not, I, I just don't see it yet. So Pass on that, you know, pass on real estate again, just like so many protocols. I think it's going to take long. I think it's all coming. I just think it's not, you know, it had to have already been built in the bear market for it to actually work or matter as bull market kicks in and people are just obsessed with prices. We've just seen it over and over and over again. Uh, And I think this is like the killer use case. You've got Larry Fink on TV talking about tokenizing everything. It's going to happen. I just don't see it happening in any meaningful way this year. I mean, I totally agree with you. It's really easy to tokenize stuff. It's really hard to generate marketplaces and liquidity for that stuff. That's that's the challenge. Yeah. Here's one that's going to just piss somebody off. I don't know if they're here, but man, you're going to... This is a bold, bold to say it out loud, even if you thought it, to be honest. Cardano. Oh, God. Finally fades to irrelevance and a new UTXO EVM interoperable chain takes its place. For Cardano, projects stop launching. Active addresses drop below 30K. Don't even know what they are right now. Daily transactions below 50K. I guess I could probably blow, go, go in here. So it's about 50K addresses and about 80, 70 to 80-ish K transactions right now. Man, you said it out loud. Quiet part. So <laughs> when, I, when I started working at Masari, I actually came in the room and I was like, hey, I want to write about Cardano because no one's written about Cardano. Um, I wanted to write the bull bear case. And... Met with a lot of smart folks in the ecosystem, still keep in touch with them. 
And this is a bit, um, I know folks are launching protocols here that are helping bridge the gap and the issues with Cardano today. So what are the issues with the Cardano today? No stable coin, DeFi basically non-existent because of the, um, and you can see that just through TVL because of the mechanisms of the protocol and they haven't changed that. And then you have like a, what I'll call megalomaniac at the helm who's unwilling to change or adapt to the ecosystem. So projects are immensely, immensely frustrated and they're migrating off and trying to find new avenues. So I know this from, from being behind the scenes. So this is a bit of a um, inside, inside baseball prediction. So, you know, these other protocols that are going to be launching are going to say, okay, we love a lot of the interesting things that Cardano's done on the tech side, but we're going to actually make DeFi and other things work on it. And then we're going to integrate with EVM to sort of bridge the gap and bridge the ecosystem to bring in all those users who love Cardano, but can't do anything with it today. So, you know, Cardano people might hate me there, but I think in the long run, it's going to be better off because they can actually do things with their ADA that they couldn't do today. Makes sense. Just, uh, Man, you know, this community has been diehard, passionate, arguing against what seemed like facts for a very long time. I feel like maybe they've got some more uh, gas in their tank <laughs> to, to keep the narrative pushing. It's, ins- it's astounding when you look back at how high ADA flew last cycle, like just on community and, and narrative. But I, I, I am not, I have no inside baseball. I'm not a builder. I don't, you know, I, I uh, tend to take things at face value. I just don't hear about it that much right now it's just you narratives have taken over yeah and and i would say they've intentionally said like we don't we're they basically have not taken in any vc capital and no vcs are interested in investing in the ecosystem because of that for the past whatever five years or so and vc capital for all of its flaws the things that vcs do bring right are recognition to your project they bring a network and they generally bring users directly through their capital. So if you just like write off that whole ecosystem of capital funding that's been well-worn in traditional markets, you're just handicapping yourself. And that's essentially what they've done um, in the Cardano ecosystem. So I don't know. I'm hopeful for all the people there that like these new approaches can bring them up the curve, but it doesn't mean the token doesn't go up, right? Like we know no, it doesn't right. really matter. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, it's just like it's a, it's a beta to Bitcoin um, still, right? And that's how it's trading. Yeah, most things are. Speaking of Bitcoin, Bitcoin DeFi takes off and DeFi transactions exceed a billion. Ordinals die a slow death as real use case emerge. Built on top of stacks, Bitcoin DeFi takes off post the Nakamoto upgrade. LRBC is one to watch. I obviously don't know that specific uh, platform, but I just had a conversation uh, late last week, which we put up on Sunday, if you guys missed it, uh, with Adon Yago from Sovereign, who's one of my favorite sort of builders in the or thinkers, especially in the Bitcoin ecosystem. And I agree with you. I'm somewhat convinced that uh, a lot of the things we've seen on other chains have effectively been a test net for things that will be built on Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin's the largest settlement layer by economic weight. So naturally, if we can get um, block times and sort of the technology there, uh, so you can actually do DeFi on it, sort of makes sense, right? Especially the mindshare that Bitcoin, Bitcoin operates not only in you know, sort of our, our, our minds, but for traditional finance as well. The challenge here for investors is everyone sees that. And now there are dozens to hundreds of protocols that are trying to go down the same path. I'm sure you're- I'm very full. shocked. We, we talked yeah. about that VC flow at the beginning. It's all this. And I'm like, dude, I wouldn't even know how to like sell it. Like the token. But I'm so outside of trying any of this myself yet. I, I believe in it, but I don't know how to invest in that or choose a winner. Like it's nearly impossible to me. It just seems- 
We talked about the Satoshi VM uh, on Spaces a, few, a little while ago, right? That's just one of them. So this is all going to be a ton of Ponzi-nomics in my mind until you actually find one that accrues value in TVL. There will be one of them, but I have no idea how to bet on which one it is because there's just so much shit being thrown at the wall right now because everyone's like, oh, Bitcoin L2s, you know, the narrative's coming. Like, let me spin up my own, uh, you know, ordinal related deck. If I see another ordinal related decks, like I'm going to shoot myself. It's just like the biggest money grabs are just out there right now. Right. Are these, are these actual Bitcoin people that are building these things or is it a bunch of Ethereum people who are just following the hype and money? I think it's the latter personally, but uh, I'm curious what you've seen there because it seems like obviously there's this bifurcation of the Bitcoin community as to whether there's even good or not at the most base yeah. layoff. The ones that I've seen have technology folks from Ethereum or other ecosystems, then they have like one token, quote unquote, Bitcoin OG on the, the board or advisors or something to give them some credibility. That's that's basically how it's going so far. I'm not surprised at all. So you said ordinals will see sort of a death as we see more use cases come. Do, does that align? Do you think that that's true of NFTs and other ecosystems or is that pretty specific to ordinals? I actually think NFTs more broadly see a resurgence um, on ETH and others, right? Like people like collectibles, people are going to circle back to the narratives of board apes and other things like, and you've seen, I think Pudgy Penguins has probably done this the best, right? Actually building sort of a brand around it. So the power laws are going to be that 99% suck, but I think 1% is actually somewhat feasible. So you have, um, you know, Pudgy Penguins going Walmart now, they're doing games, like, you know, they're making YouTube shows, like, okay, yeah, a lot of this stuff is not going to happen for 99% of the protocols, but I think a subset of NFTs will continue to have value um, in the profile picture space. Like, actual NFT value uh, is more likely to accrue, in my mind, to things that are actually useful, like, useful, depending on who you're talking about, but like, in-game assets are easily NFTs today for, you know, players who spend tens of thousands of hours sort of accumulating these things, you know. If I want, uh, you know, a movie ticket to a hot show, like why shouldn't I be able to like trade that um, or, you know, theater ticket or whatever with someone else who's bought it earlier than me, right? Like without going through Ticketmaster or something like everything that can be uh, tradable in the future and has a set value in my mind is going to be some form of NFT. Whether that value accrues to like the PFP section, I think is it's probably not going to, but, you know, eventually we'll get to a place where, things are going to be uh, in that NFT wrapper um, and be freely tradable. But again, it comes back to liquidity, marketplaces, all that stuff. You, you mentioned it being in games. I wasn't even going to talk about this one, but you do have gaming explosion, Blower all launching in Q1, all tokens and same partnerships and all are AAA quality. So yeah, I've long said that uh, gaming wasn't going to happen last cycle. This is another one that we were just too early on because crypto didn't have a AAA native game and no existing AAA game was incorporating crypto right but now to your point uh there's a lot of games that are at least are being pitched as triple a that are launching in crypto definitely in this cycle yeah so i was pretty bearish on this previously i always like you thought like hey it's eventually gonna get here because if you're playing like call of duty or whatever today like you earn points okay those are tokens you know you get guns or whatever you're getting or skins those are nfts like very easy to see the transition. You just have to abstract it away, which I think we've all all gotten. It's just taking a long time to actually build the fun shit. So there's a number of them that I've played that are coming out very quickly. So Shrapnel is, and a lot of them are actually being built on AX. Yeah, so that's, that's like cool. a sort of- I played sort of Shrapnel at Consensus. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. So like Shrapnel's cool. This one off the grid, which are investors in Godzilla Games is going to be awesome. The guy, uh, Neil Bloomkamp, who did uh, District 9 and a bunch of others is making like, 
you know, a sort of series out of it, uh, not only on the game side, but the, the video side. And there's like a number of other ones that you can, can list off that are all launching within the next, call it three months. So it's like, it's finally here. Now, whether gamers actually like any of these, I don't know, but you know, you think one of them now that they're actually released, they're they're gonna have some traction. Especially every every single one of these games we talk to is like, we don't say the words crypto, we don't want to talk about crypto, like we're just yeah. concentrating on being super fun. And then people realize that okay, you could trade this stuff behind the scenes and then whatever, like you know, they're never gonna go back to the other way. Yeah, I know I kept you over time, but I had another one I want to talk about. Massive growth in stables, 3x to close to one trillion a month in aggregate transfer volumes, growth in Solana stables leads the way. So this is still the killer app for crypto, right? Said there's no killer app, but to me, stable coins remain the killer app. I was in line in Walmart the other day and there was 10 people trying to send Western Union transactions back home to, and you can tell there were different ethnicities. They were trying to send yeah. money back home to, yeah. you know, Africa, South America, whatever. And I'm just like, I wanted to scream. I was like, just let's do crypto guys. Like remittances, you don't have to pay 10%. Like, let's just do this. Like it's so much easier. Uh, but we just need to get people there. So like stable coins are going to grow once it's easier to use and once people find out about them, right? It's going to take a while. And again, just keep going back to Solana. Just like ease of use is really important for a lot of people. Um, so I think we're going to get there this year. And this is this is a big theme for Nick Carter and a lot of other smarter people than me. So I, I, yeah. uh, I feel comfortable in this one. <laughs> yeah, I think that this is the killer app. So that, those are the ones I wanted to go through. Is there anything we missed before I let you go? Anything you really want to uh, highlight for 2024? <laughs> The boring one that I think is actually going to move the needle a bit is a well-developed market in secondaries and fund of funds on the crypto side. Like right now, if you're an investor, you just haven't been able to monetize or liquidate any of your positions up and above just like speculative trading. The more we can institutionalize these markets, the more capital that's going to come in and the uh, the bigger we're going to get on the private side. And private leads public, so it's good for everybody. So uh, I think there's going to be some stuff there as well. But um, yeah, man, appreciate you having me. It's, it's always fun. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, guys. You can follow Tom. It's Dunleavy with some numbers. What is it? It's in the description, but what's the uh, Twitter? Eight nine. Dunleavy eight nine. nine. Eighty nine. Dunleavy eight nine. All right, guys. Thank you so much. I love the predictions. I tend to agree. I, the one I'm going to push back on is the Solana uh, ETF, but we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> You're the ETF sure. guy now. We're doing spaces every. I'm an ETF specialist so. now, um, so I would know. You know, I, I basically. All right, man. Thank you. I don't, I, I'm not actually ETF uh, specialist, but I play one on YouTube. Later, Tom. See you later. Awesome, guys. So Wick has uh, got the flu, I think, or something. So we got uh, no trading sentence here section here at the end. But I do obviously have to tell you guys about our sponsor. I've been telling you about them every single week. Debbie, I think they're actually launching pretty soon, although we don't talk. We don't talk about tokens. No, no, no. But you can see their uh, site here. Introducing Devi, the next generation cryptocurrency see, trading on the top exchanges very soon. I've told you guys all about it, obviously, that uh, it's cheaper, faster, more environmentally friendly, built for nation states and for institutions that have to or want to comply in ESG. So investing in uh, ESG companies and projects. Like I've told you before, I'll remind you, this is being built by the former head of the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency, the inventor of the Kindle, former CIO of Starbucks, the former president of Universal Pictures. You're going to be hearing about this thing endlessly over the next few months. There's no affiliate link. I don't get anything. Just if you're interested in it, you check it out. It's awesome. It's scrolling right there at the bottom. Guys, that's all I've got for you today. Going to head over, get ready for X spaces, of course, 1015 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's been wonderful. Sorry I missed yesterday. 
Uh, it was interesting seeing, I, I didn't watch it yet. I just saw the beginning, Mike, Dave, and James. Uh, without me, that was a lot of fun. I was actually quite, found it quite entertaining. I hope they held it down. I heard it was great. Uh, maybe I'll actually go back and watch it. Thank you, guys. I will see you all tomorrow morning. Peace.